when I hear that trumpet sound, I'm gonna rise right out of the ground. Ain't no grave can hold. Welcome to the No Chains Attached podcast. I'm your host, Garrett Bastardi, uh, recording this on Wednesday evening, hoping to have this edited and out by Thursday, Friday, at least before the weekend, before the uh, week two slate of college football games. Um, subscribe and follow me on Twitter, at Garrett Bastardi. Uh, subscribe to the No Chains Attached podcast on SoundCloud and or uh, iTunes podcast. Um, it's my first go to podcast, and for now, it's just me soloing it. It's just me. Um May or may not have a co-host, trying to get one. Thought I had one, kind of lost it, but hopefully, no commitments yet, so, but hopefully I get one. That would be, that'd be cool, but as for right now, it's just me, Um, but uh, no, no, what is this podcast? What is it? It's really anything that comes to mind. It's sports podcast, for sure. That's the, that's what this is rooted in. Um, Just talking sports, talking college football. Uh, especially this time of year. Uh, it's very college football heavy, obviously. The season just starting up. We're pumped. Um, no chains attached. Play on words, obviously, to no strings attached. And uh, combining with chains, like chains from the chain gang football. It's, it's witty. It's, we, we, we like that fun here. This is, it's a fun podcast. We, we do things like play on words. We, we make funny jokes. Um, thousands of comedians out of work in this country, and we're trying to make jokes. But uh, we'll... we'll uh, but I digress. But we'll we'll talk betting. Definitely talk betting. I'm already put in like 15 bets this this season through two weeks. Um, other sports, obviously, anything that's going on big in sports right now. Zeke just signed today with Dallas, so stuff like that. But maybe some entertaining entertainment, like movies, stuff like that. I don't know. And I don't know if this is going to be a no podcast or a no politics podcast or not. Haven't made that decision. I'm sure if something comes up that's crazy in the news, we'll we'll figure out a way to talk about it or something. But. Just real quick, a little on me. I'm, I just want to do this once. You have to get this out of the way just so you know who you're, who you're listening to. Um, I'm a senior at Penn State, uh, getting close to finishing my degree. Uh, I play some golf. Uh, I play a lot of golf. It's kind of what I do. Um, trying to make it professionally. In fact, um, as we speak, as I speak right now, Wednesday night, I'm down in Beckley, West Virginia. I would not necessarily um, – excuse me uh, – Plan on making your next vacation here. It's not the nicest place I've ever been to. No, no, no disrespect to West Virginia. No disrespect at all. Wild, wild and wonderful, as they say. Um, but I'm down here playing a qualifier for a PJ Tour event next week. So I'm just right now in my courtyard by Marriott room, just trying to gain my points so I can uh, so I can get another uh, maybe get a free hotel room out here sometime. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I'm just hanging around, talking sports with all y'all. So. Like I said, it's being uh, recorded Wednesday night. Hopefully it'll be out by tomorrow morning. That's, I don't know. I don't know how long it's going to take me to edit this. I'm, I'm kind of new at this. But real quick, we're into my sports loyalties live, Penn, Penn State. Um, and then I'm a big Texas A&M fan, big Aggie fan. Uh, my family lived down there, and my grandpa went to school there, so I have an excuse. Well, I don't know why it wouldn't be an excuse to root for A&M. They're always bad. So, Except now with Jimbo. Jimbo was bringing back to the top. So I big – Big Ten and SEC ties, but I'm 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 even minded. I I don't I'm not biased or anything towards towards anybody. Um, maybe Penn State a little bit. I, I'm more biased towards the teams I dislike. Okay, and you'll you'll probably get a sense of who those teams are pretty soon. Um, you can you can probably guess with me being an A and M and Penn State fan. I'm I don't like Texas. I'm just gonna come out and say it right now. I don't like the University of Texas. I don't I don't think they're very good. I, they're a good football team. I don't, I don't really think they're back to being a perennial power 
Um, and I, but I'll, I'll get into that later on, but like I said, I'm, I just lo- love college football, love sports. We'll talk about all sports, love analyzing and talk about them. And, um, yeah, so let, let's get into it. Um, week zero, week zero in college football. What an, what a, uh, a beautifully ugly weekend, beautifully ugly first game, especially Florida, Miami, Kirk, Herb, Herb streets, but Herbie's back on the call. Chris Fowler's back on the call. Love it. It's, it's just like old times. And we have the Gators and the hurricanes. It's, we're going to have a great game. No, we did not have a great game. I took Florida minus seven and it, it obviously did not go well at all. And I should have known better not to think that Felipe Franks was going to make this massive convert conversion to being a good quarterback in year two or year three, whatever year it is. But I, I just had some faith that Dan Mullen might've been able to get him to be confident under center. And obviously that was not the case. Um, that, that game was ugly. That game was ugly. Knock on wood. If you're with me, a little shout out to hard knocks and John Gruden, but I won't be doing that anymore. That was bad. But, uh, I, I knew Miami was going to be just not disciplined in any way. Um, they have like touchdown rings now. It's horrible. It's horrible. Just like win a freaking football game before you start doing crap like that. They they suck, but they they don't suck enough to uh to not to not cover because they covered plus seven and I lost some money on that. Right, getting bowl season was a disaster for me. So I really wanted to just get one under the belt to to think that okay maybe I can win another bet again on college football. Um. And did not start off great. So what do I do? I double down and go, hmm, maybe I'm, I'll, I'll take Arizona minus 11 on the island at Hawaii. That's a – they got Khalil Tate. They got a, a guy who can throw and pass. They got a good quarterback or a throw and run, and he can scramble. And in, in as I know all too well in very Kevin Sumlin fashion, they go out and lose a game they shouldn't lose. And it, it's just it, – listen, I've, I've seen it all with Kevin Sumlin. I've absolutely seen it all. I've seen enough with it, actually. He, he's he's done at Arizona after this year because they're probably not going to make it to a bowl game. You can't beat Hawaii week one preparing for them. Who are you going to beat? But I, I got to watch it firsthand when he was at A&M. The only reason why he stayed there for six years was because of Johnny. And he still found a way to lose four games with Johnny Manziel year two. So what does he do? Get, gets fired from A&M, goes to Arizona, is gifted with a possible Heisman contender and, and Khalil Tate. Th- this kid, this kid could not, he could not not run for 200 yards a game. They, they, he was, he could not be stopped. And Kevin, someone goes in and like, we're gonna make you a uh, a, a passer. We're gonna f- focus you on passing the ball. And how has that freaking worked out for them? He's bottled up Khalil Tate, and Arizona isn't can't win. I've. He's just such a frustrating coach. But anyways, Arizona didn't even lead in the game, lost by a touchdown, got stopped on the one-yard line, had some, some weird similarities to the ten, to the Tennessee-St. Uh, Louis um, Super Bowl where they got stopped on the one-yard line. But it was just like mind-numbing to, to see that Kevin Sumlin just hasn't changed. In year one, we're not going to let Khalil Tate run. Year two, we're not going to let Khalil Tate run. But that was that's my over now uh, over analyzing of week zero. Uh, Florida going in, and I'm, I'll get get more into this. But teams seven through ten in the original AP poll are just there because they're popular, sexy picks to be in the top ten. Notre Dame, 
uh, Florida, Michigan, and Texas. They're just po- they're just sexy picks. The computers don't like them, but because they're those big names and they kind of had a good finish at the end of the last year, except for Notre Dame, who got their asses totally kicked in the college football playoff by Clemson. So we'll find out this week with Texas. Um, are they back? Are they not back? That's the question. Everybody always asks. Well, they're, it depends on what back is. They're not, they're not among college football's elite. They're, they're back to beating Kansas. They, they got that going for them. So yeah, they're back to a four-loss four seasons. Um, last year, everybody, oh, they go 10-4. and four, They beat Georgia in the Sugar Bowl. Georgia didn't give a shit about the Sugar Bowl. They lost their national champ. They blew their national championship game against Alabama the week before in, in Atlanta. Go back and look at all the teams that have lost their SEC title game and then have to go down to New Orleans and play there and play the Sugar Bowl. How many times does Alabama go in there and lose? Because they don't care. The SEC doesn't care about anything other than winning championships. Alabama lost to, to Utah in New Orleans. Got smoked by Oklahoma when Oklahoma thought, oh, well, the SEC isn't that good. How many national championships does Oklahoma have since Alabama and the SEC started taking over everything? Same with te- Texas. Yeah, okay, fine. You beat Georgia in the Sugar Bowl. They didn't care. They had just blown it to Alabama. But we'll we'll find out we'll find out Saturday night. I LSU's minus six. I, I I like it. I'm fine with them giving the points. I think LSU wins by seven to ten. The S and P has them win by ten. I'm fine with that. I think that happens. That looks like a that looks like a 31-21 game to me. But we'll we'll get to that later on. But back to back to week one real quick. But uh, Oregon and Auburn was was the game of the weekend. Obviously, um, everybody knew that going in. Game day was there in Dallas. Uh, it didn't look like a very good game early. I, the, fir- the first three quarters, Auburn just kind of slept, walked through. And and I just remember the first few series just look, watching Oregon and being like, wow, this team is fast. They are fast. And they are fast. And I think they're a good team. I don't know if they're, they're top 11. They're, they're not there yet. And, you know, that it, this game was very similar. It reminded me a lot of the, the Stanford game last year where the – these programs that are rebuilding, you know, look at look at Penn State, Oregon, similar. Clemson was like this a few years ago, where they're where they're trying to get over that hump where they beat the elite team so they can be elite. And last year against Stanford, they had a great opportunity, up two touchdowns, getting ready to go in to go up three scores. They score, they got screwed. They did score. They get called down at the one. Then the very next play, center snaps it over Justin Herbert's head. Stanford runs it in for a t- returns at ninety nine yards for a touchdown. And Oregon was not able to recover. They lose the game in, in overtime. This was so similar in the fourth quarter where the wheels just started coming off Oregon and they hung around just enough. They, their defense made a, just enough plays to let the offense hang around. And, you know, there were, there were shades of 07 LSU versus Auburn when they, instead of just kicking the field goal, they threw the back shoulder fade, took a, took a shot in the end zone, and it worked. It, it, was, a, it was a good pass by Bo Nix. It just let his, let his receiver go make a play. And they're able to do it. It was a good game. Uh, I, I think Oregon's a top fifteen team. I, I think they're probably the best team in the Pac twelve. I think they're better than Washington. Um, I think they're better than Utah. Utah's good. Utah, their their system works. They're always going to be solid. I just don't think they have the athletes to compete at the at the elite level that they have to compete at to be able to to win Pac twelve championships and and possibly get a playoff berth. And and I, I don't know what it is with people wanting to to put them in the playoff. It's like they were, they're so, they were so underrated that now they're overrated to me. 
Does that make sense? And so uh, I think Oregon is still the favorite in the Pac-12, but it's early. But that, that was that was the game of the weekend. Uh, it's Sunday night, Oklahoma and Jalen Hurts. They, you know, you, Houston doesn't look bad. They just started so slow, and you just can't let you can't let uh, Oklahoma get that big of a lead and expect to come back and be able to win that. But they they made it a game. I think I think they'll be good down the road. Uh, but Jalen Hurts looked good, but he's still just is still kind of game manager ish to me. I'm not sure if he has what it takes to get Oklahoma over the hump to win a national championship this year. But again, it's really early. Uh, and then Monday night, this is why Notre Dame. This is why you can't put them in the top ten because they're just not on the same level. They're not on the elite level as the the Alabamas, the Clemsons, the uh, the Georgias, the LSU's, uh, and the Oklahomas. And you put them in the top ten, and people automatically assume, that, oh, this team's elite. Notre Dame is not elite. They're not. They they get gifted with a with an easy schedule every year. They have one game this year, one real legit game. They got to play Georgia. And I I think Georgia probably wins that game by two touchdowns. The spread will probably be 14 or 15 right off the bat at Georgia. But you can't expect me to get on board with Notre Dame being a top 10 team when they just got their, they just got smoked by Clemson last year. How many times do we have to watch Notre Dame get destroyed in big games at the end of the season for us to, to believe that they are not among the nation's elite, but they get that, but they, they smoke and mirrors their way through all the way the season, all the way through the season, because they don't play in a conference. And I know it's cliche. I know, I know everybody's heard it a million times. I know their defense is good. I know they're a good football team. They're a top fifteen football team. But them not playing in a conference. Look at their schedule. Look at the teams that they have to play this year. They play a down USC team, a down Stanford team, a down Florida State team. They're not good. The teams that they're playing this year—they're they're typically good. They typically have a good schedule. They're a down a down Louisville team. Louisville, their last five games last year, were giving up over fifty points a game. Worse than Connecticut. Worse than UConn. And I—you could take me and whoever's listening to this first podcast, and we could go score four touchdowns against UConn and Louisville last year at the end of the year. And and Notre Dame was struggling against that defense. They struggled against that defense. I don't know how much of it is, and Herbie was asking good questions. Worth how much of this is Louisville is that much improved, and how much is it is is Notre Dame just kind of smoking mirrors with us right now? I don't know, but going through uh, going through the conferences of week one, um, it was just what a bad week for the SEC. What a bad week for the SEC. It was just they're they're uh, they're so top heavy, and I think it's the same throughout college football. Where everybody's really top heavy, um, and you know, in the SEC, it's it's Georgia, it's Alabama, it's Auburn, it's LSU, and it's A and M. Other than that, that conference had a really, really, really bad time, a really bad time, and uh, I don't know why. I'm trying to click this open, and it's not working, and it's driving me nuts. Here we go. But uh, but you know, LSU steamrolls through Georgia Southern, Kentucky just dogfight against Toledo. Memphis beats Ole Miss, Mississippi State, dogfight with Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns, South Carolina, who was supposed to be pretty good, who was supposed, <laughs> I remember we were driving back from, from Texas listening to Feinbaum, and everybody in South Carolina is like, this is a year. This is a year where we're, we'll be good. We'll be good. We'll, we'll win nine or ten games. 
out the window. They lose to Mac Brown in North Carolina. It's like they're having some UNC's having some kumbaya, some seance bringing back uh, Mac Brown. They're, and I guess it's working. We'll find out this week when they play Miami. But the one of the 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 story behind besides uh, the Auburn, the biggest story besides the Auburn Oregon game is. Tennessee, a 25-point favorite at home, loses to two and ten Georgia State. That team, that I feel bad for that that fan base because that is just brutal. That is brutal. And it was funny on Twitter in the morning. You could you could see uh, the the Vol Navy, like two of the ships that are or two of the boats that are out tailgating were on fire. And somebody was like, "Well, hopefully this isn't a uh, hopefully this isn't some sort of like precursor to what's going to go on later today." And it. That was exactly what that was. That was a tire fire for Tennessee. They were outplayed on their own field at home as a 25-point favorite against a really bad football team, a really bad team. That's I don't know where they go. I don't know where they go from here. Clearly not disciplined. Clearly not. They got athletes. They're in the SEC. They got the better athletes, and they're just getting smoked. That's a tough scene. That's a big-time tough scene. Arkansas, the Feral Hogs, um, 30 to 50 of them went out and uh, and – eked one through against Portland State. I don't know what's going on with them. And and Wyoming just thrashes Missouri for 27 points in the second quarter and runs away with that one at home. Freaking Missouri. Ever, I, I was high on Missouri. I wanted to take Missouri minus 14. And it started out 14 nothing and it looked good, and they ended up getting just embarrassing loss. Embar- a lot of embarrassing losses for the SEC, but they're top-heavy. The top five are good. Top five are good, and I, for, I forgot to uh, forgot to play this before um, getting the SEC on. But this is or talking about the SEC. But this is this gets me pumped. This is. Just seeing Uncle Vern, Gary Danielson. Now it's Brad, uh, uh, Brad Nessler, who I'm totally cool with. I wish it was Uncle Vern still calling games, but gotta love, gotta love that. I can't wait to hear that uh, Saturday for the first time this year. But we go over to the Big Ten. Um, the Big Ten East was, you know, it was chalk. Maryland just destroys Howard. Penn State destroys Idaho. I, I was at that game Saturday, and I, Idaho might be one of excuse me, might be the worst team I've ever seen play in person in college. They were horrible. Like, so bad where I, I, I joke, where you joke where it's like, oh, I could play for that. I legitimately could have played some sort of position, probably punter, for Idaho that game. It was horrible. It was really bad. But Penn State dropped 79 on them. I think Penn State's going to be pretty good this year. It, it, it comes down to, you know, Iowa on the road, Michigan at home, and Ohio State. And Michigan State, too. We've had trouble with Michigan State. I, I don't know how we've lost to them two years in a row. I don't know how we lost to Ohio State two years in a row. We, Penn State. But um, Ohio State, the first the first quarter was terrifying, if you are anybody but an Ohio State fan. Uh, watching Justin, Field just, Justin Fields drop four touchdowns in six minutes against Florida Atlantic. I know it's Florida Atlantic, but, man, he looks good. And they look good. Uh, they But they didn't freaking cover, which – Drives me insane. Minus 28, 
looked like it was going to be a cakewalk after the first quarter, up 28 to nothing. They only scored 17 the rest of the way. They probably just let their foot off the gas. It'll be an interesting game against Cincinnati this week. Cincinnati is a good defense. Luke Fickle coming into Columbus, so we'll see about that. Michigan, Michigan didn't look great. Uh, I don't know that they're they're in that that group, that group of four with Texas, Florida, Notre Dame, and and then the Wolverines. I I don't get the hype. I don't get it. They lose a ton of guys on defense. They're running a different scheme on defense because they know man-to-man will not match up with the athletes on the other side of the ball. Last year in the in the big game against Ohio State, the, the entire the entire game was just watching Michigan corners just run six yards behind Ohio State wide receivers the whole time, the whole freaking time, and it, it was it was pretty funny to watch as a as someone who dislikes Michigan. Um, they were just Ohio State is just the class of the Big Ten East, and I don't know why clowns like Joel Klatt, who he's he's a smart he should be a smart guy he knows everything you should know you need to know about football. What he is thinking when he says Michigan is the favorite to win the Big Ten East, that's just that's just when you know they're just they're just trying to draw attention to themselves because they're not the favorite to win the Big Ten East. It's clearly Ohio State, and I don't know how many times Ohio State has to beat the Ohio State stick over freaking Joel Klatt's head until he believes that Ohio State is a better team than Michigan. I don't know. I don't know, but that's the that's the Big Ten East. Uh, Michigan State, they, their defense looks dirty. They, they look good, but offense is still going to be an issue. Uh, Big Ten West, Wisconsin's the clear-cut favorite to win the Big Ten West. Clear-cut favorite. Uh, I, I, I don't get the love for Nebraska. I don't get the just crowning Adrian Martinez, uh, you know, the best quarterback in the big 10, which I have heard people do. I, I don't, I really don't get it. I listened to Tom Fornelli say it last week. I don't get it. They just struggled at home against South Alabama. They were within a touchdown. They, it was a, it was a closed ball game. We'll find out more again about Nebraska this week against, uh, uh, against Colorado. They go to Colorado. We'll find out where they're at. Scott Frost is a good coach. They're going to be good, but they're they're not the favorites. They're, they're the third or fourth best team in the Big Ten West. Definitely behind Iowa and Wisconsin. Um, not, I'm not I'm I don't know. I I thought Minnesota was going to take a step. They they were in a battle against South Dakota State, I believe, the Jackrabbits. Which speaking of, um our annual Oklahoma pay-per-view pay-per-view game is this upcoming week and they play the South Dakota State Jackrabbits if anybody wants to drop $55 on that otherwise you can just watch a Reddit stream and watch it for free that's what we had to do when Oklahoma and Army went to went to OT last year so um but week two real quick with with the Big Ten um Penn State will play uh plays Buffalo at night that's a that's a cakewalk Ohio State and Cincinnati That'll be. I'm interested to see the line 16. That seems very small, very small. But I also thought 28 against FAU is very small too. Um, I think Ohio State covers that though. I think Cincinnati could push them a little bit, but I don't think Cincinnati has the offense. Uh, Michigan and Army. That line is 22. So before coming into the year, I thought this was a game that I'm like, you know, this this could be interesting. I'm not saying Army was going to win or. It just it could be interesting. After watching Army Week One, it looks like their offensive line was just decimated from something. Um, I don't know how mu- how many guys they lost from last year, but it's they had their defense coming back, they had their quarterback coming back, a lot of people coming back, and they looked horrible against Rice. Horrible. Rice shut them down. I was I was expecting Army to run for 500 yards, and they only ran for like 200. And everybody knows they didn't throw for that many yards. Um, but Michigan probably wins that game. 
pretty close to what the spread is. They, they win that game by 21 to 25 points. Uh, and then other than that, there's not a whole lot going on going on around the Big Ten. Uh, we go to the Big 12, and uh, the big game is LSU and Texas. And we talked about that earlier, but that's that's the big game there. Uh, we go to the ACC and the SEC for next week, and it's, all, it's A&M and Clemson. And A&M goes to Clemson. They were tight with them last year. It was a little – and I'm saying this as a I, – as an Aggie fan, it was a little. I thought last year's game was a little fluky. How close they stayed with them, uh, they they lit it up in the second half. Clemson really struggled in the second half defensively, and they were still fighting back. That was that was when it wasn't set in stone that Trevor Lawrence was going to start, and it wasn't set in stone at all that they were going to go either way with the quarterback position. So Kelly Bryant was coming in and playing a lot. I think that really threw that really kind of dampered Clemson's off, offensive productivity and let A&M hang around just enough where they they could have had an opportunity to, to send that game in the overtime. There was no guarantees they were going to win that game. Um, this is the first leg of a five-leg gauntlet for the Aggies this year. And I, I think A&M is good. Uh, I think Jimbo, Jimbo Fisher is going to lead them to a place that A&M hasn't been in a long time, but I don't think it's this year. They, it's just it's brutal what they got to go through. At Clemson, Auburn Week 4, Bama Week 6, Week six or seven, and then they finish at Georgia at LSU. They could play five great games and go one and four in those game in those games. That's brutal. They they could go they could go eight and four, and I would have to sit there being accepting as an Aggie fan that it was a pretty good year. So, those are the big games for week two. Um, West Virginia and Missouri. That Missouri is a two touchdown favorite against West Virginia. A two touchdown favorite. I do not know what that is about. That is, did they not watch Missouri get trounced by Wyoming? And I don't, I don't know if Wyoming is the second coming this year in the Mountain West or what. But I don't know. That is, that is a big spread. I think I might jump all over, uh, all over West Virginia plus fourteen on that one. BYU Tennessee. BYU lost a, lost the Holy War against Utah. Utah's good. I, I don't think BYU is horrible. Um, but Tennessee is a three and a half point favorite. I don't, and they're at home. But I don't know what difference does that make. They they just lost to to Georgia State by by two. T- well, they lost by eight, but it was they scored a garbage touchdown to get it by eight. So I don't know. I don't know. But it, long story short, I mean the the SEC is just top to bottom. It's it's not what it was. It's not what it was. It's 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 very top heavy. The top is good. The top is very good. Um, I think LSU, the new offense, uh, the spread offense with Joe Burrow leading it. I think they look good. I think they look good on offense, and they. I didn't think that the that the Dylan Moses loss would be too significant for Alabama. It's obviously a big loss, and it would be a devastating loss for any other team in the country. But I didn't think it would be too significant for their chances to win the SEC West. But it definitely it. It definitely brings LSU in into play, and uh, I, I don't think it brings A&M into play. I think A&M is A&M is going to lose three games in the SEC, and they could play th- they they could play eight wonder great games in the SEC, and they're going to lose three of them. You can't go to Georgia, you can't go to LSU, you can't play Auburn, you can't play Alabama, and expect to win two of those four. I think they beat Auburn, but Alabama comes into College Station middle of the season, and you can't sit there and be like. 
well, I think Alabama's going to, or I think Texas A&M is going to beat Alabama. You know, Johnny isn't walking through that door. And Kellen Mond's still Kellen Mond. So, uh, but yeah, and going going back to the Big Ten real quick, I think I think that the you look at the SEC top to bottom, how it's top heavy. The Big Ten's the Big Ten's the same exact way, and it's going to be the same thing every year until Nebraska is able to creep up with Wisconsin and Iowa. It's just going to be those two battling it out every year. Last year, Northwestern was a fluke. That was an absolute circus last year. There was a point after after Purdue beat Ohio State. I re- I really actually thought Purdue was going to win the Big Ten West and set up a rematch. It was not far fetched. All they had to do was just not blow a couple games, and they were gonna they were gonna set up a rematch against Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game. But Northwestern somehow came out, um, you know, th- this year. It's like every four years, and I, I don't I want to make sure that I'm careful with how I talk about this because I have I have definitely some conspiracy theories on Iowa. But every four years, Iowa has a season. That they just find ways to they find a way to get to like eleven and zero or twelve and zero, like they did in twenty fifteen, I believe, and it was twenty fifteen where Michigan State had that ten minute play or ten minute uh uh drive and beat Iowa late in the Big Ten championship game, and Iowa was so close to actually getting the thirteen and zero, winning the Big Ten championship game, and getting to lose to Alabama by six touchdowns. They were so close to doing it, but there's something about that whole waving to the kids things. There's some witchcraft going on at Kinnick Stadium, especially at night. They do weird stuff. I I know, I know it. I know it. I know it. You could talk to all my friends. They they know my stance on this. Iowa does witchcraft. They do. That's the only that's the only explanation. They got their pink walls and stuff. They're trying to lure teams to sleep. Well, how do that how does that Iowa team who is so overmatched all the time beat so many teams in Kinnick Stadium? How in God's name does the two best teams in the Big Ten a couple years ago, Ohio State and Penn State, battle it out in a in a classic where JT Barrett throws goes 16 for 16 in the fourth quarter to come back and beat the Nittany Lions? How does he go out and throw five picks the next week at Iowa? Other than the fact that it's witchcraft. I'm telling you. It was the same thing, the same thing that Penn State in 2016 when they went to the Rose Bowl. And they looked like they looked like a var a junior varsity high school team in the first half of football games, and then they sacrifice something in the locker room. James Franklin would sacrifice something in the locker room. They come out and they look like the New England Patriots in the second half, and just absolutely do whatever they wanted in the second half. I'm telling you, the you you hear about you know coaches or uh, you know paying players and this and that. No, they're Iowa's doing dark magic. They're definitely doing that. I. That's my take. I can go. I can go more in depth. I can go very in depth with that. Um, but you know, that's why I need a co-host because a, a co-host would would definitely egg me on to getting more and more in depth with that because I have some wild theories about it. Uh, Nevada and Oregon play this week uh, out in the out west in the Pac-12. I think Oregon takes care of business. Twenty-four point favorite though. That's a lot of points. It's a lot of points. Washington plays Cal. The over-under is 43. That is generous. That's going to be like a 17-7 game. And then Stanford and USC, uh, nightcap ESPN 10-30. USC is in a lot of trouble. They were they were in trouble before they lost uh, before they lost JT Daniels, and now they're really screwed. They are big-time effed. And Clay Helton's going to be lucky to have his job in six weeks. 
I'm telling you, Urban Meyer is definitely looking for houses out there. He, when Urban Meyer retired from Florida, he was looking at houses at Penn State before, um, before the whole scandal broke out. He was coming to Penn State, so now he's going to go to, he's going to go to USC unless unless Notre Dame somehow implodes and they, but they're not going to implode because they they have a cakewalk. They're going to be playing. Let's just go. Let's just go through Notre Dame's schedule real quick. If I can freaking if I can freaking find, they're off this week. Shocking. They're off. They play one game and they're off. They, they had a real battle, real battle against Louisville. They got they got to take a week off, week one or week two. They're they're tired. New Mexico, that's a win. At Georgia, hopefully that's a twenty point loss. Not hopefully. I should I should be more objective about it. It will be a twenty point loss. Then then they have Virginia, Bowling Green, USC, all at home. Are you kidding me? At Michigan, that's a tough game. Virginia Tech at Duke, Navy, Boston College, Stanford. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So then you let's go to let's go to a team that actually plays uh, in a conference and plays real teams. Just a, in the middle of a road team, and this is the problem with Notre Dame is Notre Dame will will lose a game, but because they they play all these crap teams all the time, they they it's way easier for them. To mask a one a one game uh, one loss in their season, and you, it's way harder for a, a team like Oregon, Penn State, Auburn, any of these teams. A and M if they have one or two losses, Notre Dame takes from takes from an actual good team, a good perennial team, who plays in a conference, who has week in week out grind of playing these good teams every week, and Notre Dame gets to take a week off and go play Navy, who's down. Or go play USC, who's down, or New Mexico, who's down. Well, A and M's going to have to go play Auburn, Alabama, LSU, Georgia, Mississippi State, Ole Miss. There's not, a, there's no week off anywhere. Penn State, same deal. At Maryland, at Iowa, Michigan, at Ohio State, at Michigan State. But no, Notre Dame, they don't get, the, they don't have to play anybody. I could go on and on about it, on and freaking on about it. Um, But this week, Alabama goes to South Carolina, CBS, not a game. South Carolina fans were thinking it was going to be a game, not a game. I'm sorry, that's in two weeks. That's next week. It's week three. Uh, Bama's got New Mexico State. Obviously, it's a cakewalk. The, The early slate of games this year has not been very good, not been very good. But that's that's a preview for week two, mostly. Just kind of rambled on a little bit. Um, what else is going on? What else is going on? We got uh, Entertainment. We got It 2. That's coming out on, on Friday. Definitely got to see that. It, the, this is just such a pivot. But that, that's what No Change Attached is. You can just talk about anything. It's whatever, whatever comes up in my mind, um, we're going to talk about. But it... It, it too in the it series the first movie was so good it, it was good and the reason why it was so good it wasn't just it wasn't your conjuring insidious uh just classic horror movie like it was like those are just just effing scary they just scare the shit out of you it too was entertaining as hell or it won and it too i'm assuming is going to be entertaining as hell that comes out friday night or thursday night 
it won. You had everything. It was the kids were good. You had Mike from from Stranger Things, Finn Wolfhard, and he's in this one. Um, I'm just I'm interested. It's going to be really interesting. The second one. It's supposed to be gorier. It's going to have that more horror feel to it. The first one was still pretty scary, and there were sections that, there were sections that were scary, but it was more like entertainment. This one I hear is is freakier. It's just freaky. That makes sense. It's just it's just freaky. And I'm interested to see how they tie in, you know, the kids with the adults. But then they they go and and they go back a little bit in in the timeline with with Pennywise and how he gets to way the where he gets to how he is. Um, and so you know it, that's what's cool is because we know the whole we know the storyline overall. The the first movie came out like in the 80s. There's a whole book and stuff. But like, what is the full background of Pennywise? I want to see how in depth they go with that. I want to see how they tie in all the kids. With the with the adults, um, Bill Hader's in it. I love Bill Hader. Uh, I just want to see, you know, what happens, how the adults interact with the kids, and, or how they're how similar they are. Not how they interact because they're obviously on a different timeline. They're twenty seven years apart. I just want to see like how they go back and forth to make that timeline connect. So that'll be interesting. Um, wrapping up here for the first week. Uh, we got Hurricane Dorian coming up the the East Coast. I'm a, I'm a meteorology student, so love love the weather. I'll, I'll put some weather stuff in here sometimes. Um, but that's coming up the East Coast. Uh, I have a fifty dollar bet. I've I found a way to gamble on on like landfalls and like calling where a hurricane will hit. Tradeweather.com. You can make trades on actual systems and hurricanes how much rain's going to fall over unders it's unbelievable it's like perfect for a degenerate gambler and a, and a meteorology student i also study polit- political science as well but and my dad was a meteorologist but it's perfect so cape fear north carolina three days ago i called it the little tip the thing that juts out in the atlantic um dorian is currently off of savannah as of wednesday night um savannah georgia moving up northeast what an what see this is this is what you're going to get with this podcast. What an unbelievable turnaround. We just talked about how overrated Notre Dame is, how easy their schedule is. Talked about it too coming out Friday and then uh or coming out tomorrow night. Whichever night you listen to this, Thursday night it comes out Thursday night, September 5th. Probably see it this weekend. And then we we started talking about a hurricane cuz that's that's what's on the news right now. And politics the the country's still all all screwed up because everybody hates each other. So that sucks. But we have college football and sports. Zeke signed five years, six years, $90 million, $50 million of it guaranteed. I think it's a smart move. I think it's smart because if you just if you don't have a running back, like Dak's fine. Dak is a fine quarterback. He's game manager. He goes off for, you know, 14 for 27 for 183 yards, a touchdown, two picks. That's going off for him. But he's able to manage the game because he has Zeke. And I don't think people are realizing that. If he didn't have Zeke, then they're screwed. Because who's he going to be? De- who's he going to be able to defer to? So that'll be interesting. I'm also I'm a New England fan as well. So New England, they uh, their defense looks good this year. Watched Hard Knocks. It kind of it was pretty good. It's the first full season I actually watched. I just love Gruden. Gruden's a psychopath, just a full-blown psychopath. I was listening to part of my take today, and they were talking about how they he he might, if he didn't have football, he just might have been a, a serial killer. Like I could totally see him doing that. 
He's a psychopath. He's insane. But I love it. So, all right. Well, week two, Clemson, A&M, LSU, Texas. Those are the big games this weekend. Uh, my Nittany Lions are playing night game, 730 against Buffalo. 29 point fa- 29 and a half point favorites. I think they cover that. Um, A&M, I, I think they cover – I think they cover 18. That's a lot of points. LSU minus six and then Appalachian State minus 21 is my pick of the week. App State minus 21 against Charlotte. I think they win by that game by four or five touchdowns. They're at home. Um, so yeah, that's my those are those are my my picks of the week. The stone cold lead pipe lock of the week. That might be the I had a theology teacher, William Granieri. He had a stone cold lead pipe lock of the week every week when he came into school in high school. Before uh before uh sunday friday come in and say it i'm gonna have my every day every time we do this podcast every week i'm on my stone cold lead pipe block of the week i keep track of it throughout the season my stone cold lead pipe block of the week appalachian state minus 21 book it Yeah.